Good morning, good morning, good morning. Dr. Bruce Smith, how are you doing this morning? This is Saturday, January 30th, AD 2021. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crossroads. I want to thank you and I welcome you to our podcast where our symbols are the interstate markings of Interstate 40 and Interstate 55, where North and South meets East and West, where coming together is the epicenter and the center point. It is the crossroads. It is where we discuss contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women in business and industry, in education and religion, in government and politics, where we talk about community development or the lack thereof, where certainly public safety is of paramount concern in our society today. We're discussing issues dealing with health and wellness, issues that are of major concern to us as individuals, as groups, and as a nation. I want to thank you so very much, Ms. Parrish, for joining us on this morning. Trust and pray that things are well with you and your home and your family. And we certainly do want to uh, thank you for tuning us in. And God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer for you and your home and your family. Today, we continue our topic. Our broad heading is using God's medicine for abundant living. We're talking about what God has given us as a people, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, this world and all who dwell herein. And we take our topic from the book of Genesis. For we know that the Most High created everything and said, let there be. And everything came into existence and into being by his will. And I want to thank you, all of our listeners of the podcast as we talk about using God's medicine for abundant living. It is his desire that we be in good health and we prosper even as our souls prosper. And we have been talking specifically about eating to live or living to eat. And if you read in Genesis, in chapter 1, in verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, 
the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And then in verse 29, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. I have given you. It's not by chance, not by happenstance, not by uh, some uh, theory that man conjures up, but I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, seed to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for me, and it was so. So God's word settles it. God's word, the most high's word, makes it plain to us where everything that we consume as it relates to out of the ground, he provided it to us and for us. And so I want to thank you this morning for helping us to bring this podcast to you. Thank you, Nida River. Thank you for joining us on this morning. And I want to thank you again for the podcast listening audience. Thank you for making us to be number one because you are number one. You are the best and nothing less than the best is good enough for you when you listen to BVS. I want to thank you so very much. We have been exploring the fact that God's words are stepping stones and not stumbling blocks. God's word is designed for us to live healthy, to live a rich life physically, emotionally, mentally, and certainly socially and spiritually. They're not stumbling blocks. They're not designed to hinder us, but to help us. God's word is medicine. There is a balm in Gilead, and there is a physician, and the physician is eternal. His desire is for us to prosper and be in good health as our souls prosper. We have seen from God's word on this morning in the book of Genesis 
that his healing is found in plants. He says uh, that I've given this to you for food. And I want to thank you on this morning for tuning us in for the food for life. Thank you so very much. I want to let you know on to this morning that it is found God's food and God's medicine and God's healing is found in the plants, found in the trees, found in the roots and the stems and in the bark. God's medicine for healing is found in the flowers and seeds and in the fruit. All nature has health benefits because God provided them for us and to us from the beginning. Even our air, the air that we breathe, without it, we cannot sustain our lives. The water that we drink is beneficial for us because we cannot drink polluted water. And so we need good air. We need clean water. We need the earth to be without uh, detrimental chemicals that have been placed, that have been manufactured, that have uh, caused us many detrimental health, health issues. And so when we have clean air and clean water and clean earth, we don't have to worry about the sun, because it also brings us vitamin D that we need for our bodies. And so we are living. We are living proof because we cannot live without what the Most High has provided. And who else can we attribute to all of this. Who else can step forth and declare that I gave you all of the fruit? I gave you all of the vegetables. I gave you all of the herbs. I gave you sparkling water. I gave you clean air. I gave you rich earth. And I put a sun over your head to provide you with warmth. Who can step forward and claim that they have done these? Science is still trying to disprove the work of God by evolution. Evolution is a process that's a part of God's work. Evolution. We see it in even in the egg, we see it on the outside, but something is going on, uh, it's evolving on the inside. And when it comes full cycle, out comes a baby chick or a baby bird. We see it in the form of insects that are wrapped in a cocoon, and a cocoon evolves into a larva, 
lava into moth and moth into a beautiful butterfly. Oh, evolution is a part of God's process of showing us that I can take something and make it into something more beautiful. And so we're discussing today eating to live or living to eat. And our population has been affected by what we eat. Quantity and quality go hand in hand. And I want to let you know when we started, we talked about the fact that in a 94 county area of the Delta, how at one point, 45 years prior to the study being done, that the Delta region was some 40% below the national average as related to colon cancer, cancer and colorectal cancer. The Delta region, the rich farming region, the rich region of God's good earth and vegetation where farming was its greatest commodity. Agriculture was its greatest industry. And because our parents and foreparents and those who were involved in farming used the natural means. What did they do? Well, we know in the South, cotton was king. How did cotton stay king? Well, our parents, even in slavery, used just a simple tool called, called an H-O-E, a hoe. And that farm implement was used to cut out the grass from around the cotton. Water and a hoe were the greatest asset to the cotton farmer. Every now and then, there would come this devastating insect called the boll weevil. Boll weevil. Who wreaked havoc against the cotton crop. And so man developed a chemical to combat the boll weevil. And once one chemical was discovered. Then man started using other chemicals in the process. Chemicals to increase the productivity. Chemicals to destroy the insects and the pests. And as a result, more and more chemicals were placed into the ground. And unfortunately, many of these chemicals had deadly consequences. 
and we have been affected through the years causing a health care crisis. And so when we have had a crisis, how do we respond? What do we do? Well, the more man does, the more we become affected. We have seen more health care problems within the last 40 years. And we have gone from a people in the Delta of 40 percent below the national average to now 40 percent above. And I believe that we can attribute that to at least two or three things. Number one, chemicals in the food that come from chemicals being placed in the ground. And number two, chemicals that have been sprayed, aerated, many of them by crop dusting planes. There is no way uh, that chemicals can just stay in their intended area when you have high winds and you have other factors that attribute them, especially the flying of the, uh, the pilots. And so when we get pilots and air and chemicals and the movements all together, we can find and see that these chemicals will go into places that they weren't intended to go. Thank you, Mr. Hitman, for joining this morning. I appreciate you and all of my loyal supporters for listening in on today. I want to say to you, you can inbox me if you have a question or if you have a concern. I value your opinion because you're the ones on the front lines. You're the soldiers. You eat every day. You drink every day. You breathe every day. You live every day. And Sonny knows that we have to eat to live. But some people are living to eat. And every segment of our American population is affected by poor eating choices. It has caused a health care crisis in America. The economic system is affected by what we eat and what we drink and what we breathe. There's no doubt about it. We're living in a health care crisis right now. Our economic system, as far as jobs are concerned, many people, guess what? They spend all of their time getting wealth 
Some people work two and three jobs because they want to have a certain type of lifestyle. Or perhaps they have become swamped with bills for whatever reason. Sometimes they take on debt that they didn't intend to take on. Sometimes it's because of a family member's crisis, a loved one crisis. And as a result, they may have to borrow money. They may have to work another job. They may have to take on some extra responsibilities and it breaks down the health and we spend all of our time accumulating wealth. But then we have to take time and use that wealth to help with our health. And so it's a system. It's the system of gaining more. It's almost like a feeding frenzy. The more you make, the more it takes. Our education, our children and adults are having problems. Even children are coming into this world with health problems that they didn't have before. And we're eating more unhealthy food. We're giving more health, unhealthy food to our babies, to our infants, and to our children filled with fat, filled with high cholesterol ingredients. And as a result, our children grow up unhealthy. Many of them grow up obese. And obesity is one of the biggest problems that children have right about now. We're living in a fast food conscious America. Fast food. Children are raised in a fast food frenzy and they become the victims of this because they see it every day. They see it on TV. They see it on their telephones, their iPads and iPods. They see it at school. They become victims. They have been programmed and conditioned. The children say, a happy meal keeps me happy. And so they want a happy meal every day. A fast food, poor nutritional diet causes our children to get hooked on fast food, and so do we. And this crisis now that we have with the pandemic, where many of our restaurants are operating at less capacity, and even many of them are closed as far as the dining is concerned. And so people are running through the fast food windows and you see them around lunchtime between 11 and two o'clock. You see all kinds of lines at every fast food restaurant. 
And then in the evenings, it goes right back because we are not preparing the nutritious kinds of meals because we don't have that time after we have worked all day to come in and to prepare a meal that sometimes takes an hour, hour and a half, or two hours to prepare. And so this cycle of the fast food industry is wreaking havoc and taking a toll on all of the population. And as a result, there is more obesity now than ever. We move from hundreds of pounds to millions of pounds being gained. Are we eating to live or living to eat? The educational system, the children, the adults, and the parents, the healthcare industry, all of it is affecting us because of what's going on, even with this pandemic. The political system is affected. The assault on Capitol Hill, uh, the Capitol building in Washington shows that many people are dissatisfied with the direction of this country as it relates to the economic system, as it relates to the educational system, as it relates to the political system. Every segment of our population is affected. And we don't find America being a United States of people who are happy. We have people who are so unhappy now. We are so dissatisfied in every area. And that leads to poor health. Our family structures are so broken down. We don't take the time now to gather around the table for the family meal. Even our Sundays that used to be so sacred when it came, and I'm sure many of you remember the Sunday meals and dinners that were shared around the table. The health, healthy fruit and vegetables the well-cooked dinners that were so sumptuous, that were so satisfying, that had the vegetables on there, the different types. And we enjoyed seeing the colorful array of foods on our plates. We don't see that now because we are not eating to live, we're living to eat. And I know some people are asking the question, many of you asked the question, well, what about being vegetarian? This is a question many are asking in view of the health problems 
of so many Americans. What about just going vegetarian? Well, Ruthie, I will tell you, and Adil, I will tell you, Muhammad, I will tell you that in the beginning we were vegetarians. God had provided the most high, had provided everything that we needed for our health and wellness. Unfortunately, the sin problem brought another problem, the problem of unhealthy living. And that was caused by eating the wrong thing. That's where our problems stem from, eating the wrong thing, eating that which was unhealthy for our bodies, our minds, our souls, and our spirits. It was based on eating. We were designed to be vegetarians. And many are saying we need to get back to being vegetarians. And let me just say this, that cutting meats from your diet does promote a balance of good bacteria in your digestive system. This means less bad bacteria gets absorbed into your blood through your intestinal wall. The less bacteria, the healthier you are. Now there is good bacteria and there's bad. There's the good and the bad and everything. And certain meats carry bad bacteria. There's no doubt about it. And any time you can lessen the amount of bad bacteria getting into your system, it means you stay that much healthier. And we always want to be healthy as well as we can. And so, yes, there is a, an advantage to eating as many vegetables as possible. There is an advantage to that. And in a perfect world, this is what we would be doing. But we're living in an imperfect world and we don't control our, our supply of food. When they were on the farm, they did. When they were living in a rural society, they did. However, we're not there now. And there's no need of us fooling ourselves into believing that we can go back to the way things used to be because we have no control over our food supply. Now, there is a problem. Strict vegetarian diets can also lead to nutritional deficiencies. 
because we don't get all of the nutrients that we need, that our bodies need, because we don't have access to all of the nutrients that our bodies need. We don't have the time to find them. And so as a result, we have a deficiency in many of our nutritional components that's needed in our bodies. And so many of the meats and the fish contain nutrients that's necessary for a healthy body function. And so there needs to be a balance. There needs to be a healthy balance. On the one hand, some are saying vegetarian only, and others are saying meats for the belly and belly for the meats. And we appear to, there's always this constant battle. And it shouldn't be. Because, as I said earlier, we don't have control over our own food supply and our food chain. And so we're at the mercy of those who provide them and tell us what's good for us. Oh, we have plenty of choices. Go to any store. Go to your Sam's, go to your Costco's, go to your Kroger, go to your Walmart, go to your food change, chains, and look at all of array and variety of fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. Go to your farmer's market and you'll see vegetables and fruit that you haven't heard of before that have come from other countries and nations that have been produced. And we'll find out just a wide array of all of the food, fruit and vegetables that we have available. But unfortunately, what has happened is that we have acquired certain tastes. We've acquired certain tastes. And usually, if we haven't grown up with that taste or been introduced to that taste, we generally shy away from that food, from that fruit, or from that vegetable. And so as a result, we don't like to experiment because we don't want a bad experience. And unless somebody says you ought to try this or try that, generally we don't do it on our own. And so where are we? Where are we between being a strict vegetarian and putting meats on the table? But a solution appears to make and eat healthy choices, whether vegetables or whether they are meat. 
And organic is always the better choice. Unfortunately, we rely on others to say whether something is organic or not. And I know that there are many labels that you will find that will say USDA organic or USDA certified organic. And I don't have a problem with that when it comes to foods, when it comes to vegetables, when it comes to oils, when it comes to meats, when it comes to produce. I don't have a problem with that in America, but I don't know how anyone can put a label on something that says USDA organic certified when it comes from a foreign country and our nation does not have jurisdictional agricultural control over what is produced in another nation. And so we have to rely on others to certify not so much that they are USDA certified because the U.S. Department of Agriculture can only do so much with the agriculture in America. But there must be others who can certify and verify whether something is organic or not. And there are many that's Indian foods and authentic Chinese food. When I was in Korea as a U.S. serviceman, stationed with the 7th Infantry Division in the North region, we would see Papasan and the village planting rice and vegetables. We knew that what they were using came from the refuse. It came from the fertilizer and not from chemicals. And I saw some of the most richest rice and grains, ate some of it. I could not believe the quality of it. I could not believe the size of it. And the thing about it that was so amazing is that you didn't go around, we didn't go around seeing obese and overweight children and adults which led, let me know and led me to believe that the food was grown in such a way that it wasn't putting extra pounds and fat on the bodies of the Korean population. They were growing their own. They were producing their own. And I 
enjoyed eating the Korean foods. I tried a little mockley once, but it, it, wasn't, it just didn't hit. Uh, a little kimchi and rice, kimchi, pickled cabbage, just a little of it. I hadn't, I didn't acquire taste for kimchi. I didn't acquire case, uh, 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 a taste for mockley, but I tried it. It was a wine, it was a drink, but it was healthy for them. They had acquired the taste. And so the solution is to eat healthy choices, whether vegetables or meat. And organic, as I said earlier, is always the better choice. And staying away from processed meats and GMO additives is the best choice. We as a people, we sometimes fail to make the right decisions. Not only what we eat, but what we cook with. As I said earlier, the oils, and I was talking about earlier uh, in our broadcast segment, uh, we talked about the essential oils. But there are other cooking oils that we need to use in making our salads and frying, uh, baking, or grilling. And I'm gonna go back over these again for sake of those of you who may have missed earlier broadcasts, I will not go into all of the details about them, but I will tell you, you can make note and share that with your friends and family. Avocado oil, uh, heart healthy oil, avocado oil, as well as the avocado itself. How many of you have heard of ghee? G-H-E-E, -E, ghee butter oil. It's high in saturated fat and has a high smoke point as well. It's very good. Coconut oil has health benefits and medicinal properties. I use coconut oils as a carrier oil, one of the carrier oils in my essential oils. And my essential oils that I get are from doTERRA. And you can visit my white website at my.doterra.com slash Adams. And you can see the information that has been provided to you by the doTERRA organization. I love the doTERRA brand of oils. Coconut oil. And they have a what is known as a fractionated coconut oil. And what has happened is it has been uh, distilled to take out the smell of the coconut oil so that its smell and its taste does not overpower your essential oil. And we know that we want to smell our essential oils and it gives us a sense 
of, of, of that quintessential feeling, that fifth element. And so I love coconut oil and I love the, 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 the terror oils. I also use grapeseed oils, pure grapeseed oil that also has vitamin E and is good and healthy for your skin and your immune system. Extra virgin olive oil. Extra virgin. All olive oils, all oils are not created equal. Do your research before you spend your money on them. Walnut oil. I use walnut oil as well. And walnuts are good for your health and for your wellness. I eat them. I enjoy them. And many times I make uh, a nut snack of walnuts and almonds and pecans. And I throw in a few raisins to mix and have a healthy snack. Sesame seed oil, sesame, not Sesame Street, but sesame seed. Nutritious, great as well. Red palm oil is a good mix. And so all of these oils are good. And my friends, we know just that there are oils to use, there are also oils to avoid in your foods. They are highly refined and heavily processed. Oils like corn oil. Avoid corn oils at all costs. I used to think that just because it said vegetable oil, it was good. But not all vegetable oils are created equal. Not all vegetable oils are refined equal. Canola oil. These oils are high in trans fats and they, they uh, increase the risk of heart disease, heart failure, hardening of the arteries. Sunflower oil. Just because it says and it sounds good, sunflower. Well, we learned from the book of Genesis that every tree wasn't good either. There was also another tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was right there. Probably had a good, it, would look, it looked real good. Probably smelled real good, but it was deadly. Just like there are some mushrooms that are good for you, but there are mushrooms that are also poisonous. So you have to know the difference. Soybean oil is another one to avoid. Your margarine, avoid that. It's manufactured, it was made. It came up to be a butter substitute. It's nothing but a heart attack and clogging of your arteries waiting to happen. Throw your margarine out. 
Don't buy it. Get rid of it. And by all means, don't try to cook a cake or pie or any make a dessert with it. Your vegetable shortening comes in the can. Don't use it. And when I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, they used to use this particular uh, oil. Everybody would fry in it, fry with it, deep fry, fry your fish, fry your chicken, fry your meats, your chops. And it was called L-A-R-D, lard. Lard. Pure, and they would say pure lard. Nothing but a cholesterol high added fat oil. Good for nothing. Good for nothing. And that's what caused many of our people to experience hardening of the arteries, heart attacks, and strokes, high blood pressure. This is what we call lard, causing the risk of heart disease. And so I say to you today, be careful about what you eat. And our diet is the leading cause of high blood pressure in the United States. 85% reported high blood pressure cases are rooted in poor diet. Diet. And many of us, our race and our nation, not just blacks, but whites as well. We're not, as a black race, we're not the only folks that has all of the hospital beds occupied. But there are certain nationalities that have lower incidences of hospitalizations and length of hospital stays. Those with the Indian cuisines lower hospital stays and less frequency of hospitalizations. Our Jewish population, the same thing. Our Chinese population, the same thing. And high blood pressure channels other diseases such as kidney diseases, the strokes, the scarlet fever, the heart uh, condition, fevers, artery conditions, and all of the things that go along with that. The other nationalities use a lot of spices in their diets. We are heavy on the salt. We are heavy on the seasoning salt. We are heavy on the salt and pepper. But others use the spices that are good, that 
lowers blood pressure. That causes clogged arteries, poor blood circulation, the use of synthetic drugs and processed foods and unhealthy behavior patterns. All of these cause high blood pressure, bad diets, tobacco intake. We get stressed out, too much coffee, too much fried and processed foods, too much overeating. All of these things are unhealthy for us. But our vegetables and our fruit that contain fibers that are rich in potassium that reduce our high blood pressures and expels excess sodium or salt from the body. Those are the things that we need. All of these meat tenderizers all of this plaque in the body. Herbals are usually very good. Add herbals. Use your fennels and your oreganos and your basils. Use them in your cooking and they will provide you with many health benefits. And I want to say to you before we close out to make sure that you are putting these in your diet. Apples, bananas, berries, cantaloupe, cherries, currants, dates, figs, grapes, limes, mango, melons, orange, papayas, peaches, pears, plums, prunes, raisins, coconut. Use these. Avocados and bell peppers, cherry and plum tomatoes, cucumbers, dandelion greens, your beans, your kale, your romaine lettuce, your mushrooms, your okra, your olives, your onions, your squash, your turnip greens, watercress, zucchini, and on your herbs, make sure you're also using cayenne, C-A-Y, that's what I call it. People, Some people call it cane. And if you're going to use salt, use pure sea salt. Use onion powder. Use dill. If you're going to use sugars, use the natural sugars. Agave, A-G-A-V-E. Agave. Use teas like red raspberry and ginger and fennel and elderberry and chamomile and burdock. The peppermint, I love the peppermint. And I have been told that one drop of doTERRA peppermint oil in a tea is equivalent to 29 cups of tea that you get 
from these store-bought packagings. It is so potent. One drop is equivalent to 29 cups of regular peppermint tea. Make sure you are doing your cloves. Make sure you are doing your sage. And all of these come in doTERRA essential oil form as well. Your bay leaf, your basil, your thyme, T-H-Y-M-E. And so I'm admonishing you today that you would eat to live and not live to eat. This week is a culmination of our using God's medicine for the abundant life month. And I trust and pray that we have said something that will help you along the way to better health and wellness. I wanna thank all of you that have joined on today. Thank you for listening. And, and if you like what has been said, just follow me and give me a following hit. Thank you so very much, Dr. Bruce Smith. And to each of you, next month we'll start in our Black History segment, very informative through the month of February. And we'll also be looking at the culture of Black America and how it has impacted the world in every area since 1619, that is over 400 years of making in America. And I thank you for listening to this portion and we're gonna discuss our culture in America in every facet of life. And so I hope you will join us on next week as we began our journey into our history. And it will not only just be about us, but it will be about others of nationalities, races and creeds and colors who stood with us and stood by us and helped to shape us to be who we are in America on today. From the plantation to the presidency. Thank you so very much. This is Crossroads. I am your host, narrator, and moderator, Lee Adams, where we have been discussing topics of interest with leading men and women, where North and South meets East and West. It is our crossroads. Thank you so very much. I enjoyed being a part of it, and I hope you have too. And until next time, the most high willing, be blessed to be a blessing to someone else is our desire for you, your home, and your family. Be blessed.